I'm on again. Tilly, how are you, buddy? Good, mate. I'm good. Sorry. Bonjour. <laughs> <What's it? laughs> we've, got, we've got international on this one. So uh, coming in live from Paris. You've, you've made it, mate. You've made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've made it. I've, I've had to send you abroad for me to, to make it in Paris. <laughs> so look, first question. Question first. What are you drinking? Uh, well, remember where I am. So I'm actually drinking a little bottle of red wine, and it is a little bottle, uh, from the mini fridge in a paper cup. Wow. I mean, you've gone all out at that hotel. Is that is that, is that, the, is that the, the Paris' equivalent to the travel lodge? <laughs> yeah, not far off. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's actually it's, it's meant to be like an executive suite. Okay. I think it's I'd rather fun. be in the travel lodge, mate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've gone for the old Peroni. Oh, you see, you know, you made it, mate, from last time. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, I've upgraded on the beer. <laughs> I've upgraded on the mic. There you I'm, go. I'm going. I'm going all out. So, look, <laughs> um, on the back of our sort of conversation we had last time, Tilly, I actually thought that I actually enjoyed the conversation that we had. I thought the conversation quite flowed quite well. So I thought, you know what? Rather than just doing the one-on-one -on -one interviews, why don't we just have a topical conversation, chew the fat, let's talk about what's going on in the world and um, see where see where that takes us. Put it to one. Um, yeah, put it to like, like we would in the pub, <laughs> but just <laughs> over here. <laughs> Do you remember the pub? I've heard of it. <laughs> I remember that myth. Was it was <laughs> that pub? Yeah, sticky floors. That's a club. <laughs> <laughs> club, yeah. Jesus, those things are going to be dead. Like yeah. pubs, mace of many of them clubs gone. They've got to be gone. Yeah, it's it's going to take it's going to take years, mate, for for stuff to sort of almost go. Oh, can you remember when we was locked down? I was watching. I, mean, a, yeah. I was watching a, a guy on the news. He owns, I think, it's like twelve clubs in and around London and the southeast. And he was saying that he's having to pay something like £146,000 a month in rent to the properties that he's in. And it's like, they can't get out of the contracts. Oh, my. So and being shut for now for like a full year. Yeah. Like, they're not going to survive. They're not going to survive. They can't. Because no. when they do open things back up, because it, it will happen, like things yeah. will go back to... What we call normal. Oh, but, hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, that's everything. I just, I just signed the cross for anyone listening. There you go. <laughs> no, but it, you know what I mean? It, when it does open, everywhere is going to be sort of so com like competitive to try and get everyone in. Yeah. There are going to be places that are, they're just not going to cope. It, I mean, for us, like go into these venues, we can take full advantage of every offer that they try and yeah. get everyone in with. But yeah, you do. Um, it's weird, isn't it? You sort of look back, and you think, I didn't really like make the most of every night out, or every time you went out, you didn't make sure you had a good night. Sometimes you went out for the sake of it. You just took it for granted. You just take oh. it for granted that you get to the pub, the pubs are open, you go and have a couple of beers, and then you go home. Now, now we're like. People realise now that they take for granted, you know, 
not just like pubs and like cinemas or yeah. going out with your mates, meeting up with your mates. Doesn't well, I, was, I was saying, sorry to cut you off though. I, I was saying this the other day. It's like, <clears throat> so for women, like they'll go to the coffee shop, they'll go to each other's house, wine and crackers and all that rubbish. <laughs> wine. For, oh, du- yeah. for dudes, it's like they come into the pub or we're not doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So as soon as you shut the pub, you shut everything for guys. Yeah, it's, it's the one place you go and you you are you're literally lord of the manor, aren't you? You go in yeah. there and you think, I'm in the pub. It's, it's just that atmosphere, and um, you can say anything in a pub, right? Between your mates, the stuff you come out with. Like, I'd love to listen to a podcast of us in a pub. The stuff we you talk about, it's just yeah, you you don't open up like you do. No. If you you know with your mates in a pub, right? It's like a it's a it's like a WhatsApp group chat in real life, <laughs> and an agony aunt like live. Yeah. It's everything, but yeah, mate, it, like I said, a lot of things are gonna are gonna just be odd. Like so, I, sorry, mate. Go on. No, go on. I was gonna say here, like I was gonna say, yeah, what's going on over there? Well, so here it's like um, a curfew, so they they're doing a six. 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. Um, now I'm I'm working on a base about 30 minute walk from here. We don't finish sort of till say sort of five, just gone maybe some days. So by the time you've walked back to the hotel, like your day's got you've got no time left to to go anywhere. Um, and that's just like to the big shopping mall that's over the road. Obviously nowhere's open to actually go in like pubs and restaurants, cafes, anything like that. So are they are they similar to here in a sense? I know they've got a curfew, but in the in the day is it all shut down still? No, in the day it's open. Okay. Um, the, well the bars and stuff aren't. Um but the shopping mall like it's it's fully functioning. It's it's rammed. Like we okay. finished early today because of Friday, standard yeah. poet's day. And um it's uh, um, we got back and we was like, ah, oh, wicked, Let, let's cut through the mall, see what's going on. And we literally got into the mall and it was it was around me. Um, not everyone's wearing a mask, no one-way system. I mean, there's things on the floor, but no one's following it. Oh. And we was just like, yeah, we, we ain't risking this. Because like we're, oh, we're over here, if we do get ill, there's a, a sort of protocol we have to follow, but who wants to be ill when you're away from home i mean i don't want to go to a hospital <laughs> no. so yeah it's odd it's very odd like tomorrow's my first weekend here and um i'm going to go to the mall in the morning for when it opens to get the bits i need um because in the hotel there's no food so they're not serving any food so you have to either get like a an uber eats or go to the supermarket and buy your own meals okay so I'm going to go in the morning, stock up for what I need for the weekend. Maybe risk going in a few shops if, it, if I get there and it's relatively quiet. Um, but here says, odd, mate, I'm in Paris and I, I can't go anywhere. I can't go and see anything. Can't really experience Are you it. able to interact with many French people or not at all? On the base, definitely. Um, yeah. We're on the squadron. It's how do, so how do you find French people? This is live, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Sorry, I, I, I did think we were in the pub for a second there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what I mean, what I mean by that is, um, 
so of, of course some French people have experienced a brilliant but especially in Paris yeah you now the ex most experiences I've had in Paris have been so negative I remember around six or seven years ago me and a couple of friends Christmas Day we were driving around Grantham and we were like oh so bored nothing's open what shall we do so we were like fuck it should we drive to Paris mate I got um, I remember you text me for that yeah <laughs> so, we, so we were like fuck it let's go and I was living in Manchester at the time so I said I remember saying if if my passport was at my mum's we'll go so we literally went to went to my mum's my passport was there we were like right we're going so we literally got in the car, me, Dan and Jack, drove to Paris, got there Boxing Day morning at like five, six o'clock. Obviously, wasn't planned, so had no currency, nothing. <laughs> got to a hotel. Anyway, walked into the street in the morning, Boxing Day, walk into a bureau de charge, right? So I walk in, I say, oh, excuse me, um, could I please exchange some pounds here? And the lady looked at me and she went, oh, are you English? I said, yeah. She went, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then just put it to the door. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... and, that, and that wasn't like a one-off. Like That happened throughout the, the, the days that we, we were there. It was like, are you English? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> are, you TPR? are you English? No. Well, it's funny. I, I had this conversation weirdly in Grantham on a night out. I ended up weirdly talking to two French people. And I was like, oh, I don't really like French people because of this. And they were like, no, no, you don't like Parisians. We don't like Parisians either. And exactly. like, oh. That's what they're called. Yeah. And that's it. On the squadron, it's it's different here. That like, They're quite chilled out. It's Whether it's we're there providing like a service and we're training and stuff. So they want to be sort of like friendly, but yeah. genuinely they, they are actually okay. Um, and they talk really good English. Um, but again, I think that's just the aviation world because they're like the language of aviation is English. So they have to be able to speak it to a certain level. Yeah. Um, but when we actually got here, when we arrived in Paris, it, it was a bit like, have I got something like stuck on me? Why is everyone giving me evils? And I realised the jacket I was wearing had a big union jacket on. <laughs> right. uh, okay, yeah. I'd probably stand out and probably annoying a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but now that... So the guys I've met on base, perfect sound. The ones that I've had like limited interaction with in the uh, supermarkets, just rude. Just yeah. rude. Don't really want to give you the time of day to, to speak. Um, uh, whether they speak a lot of English or not, like... But that's the thing, isn't it? With, with with Brits, we we go we often go abroad, and we oh they're rude or they're rude. yeah we make no no attempt to speak their language or try to understand what they're saying. We we do just expect that they will know English. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's that expectation. I mean, to be fair, I am trying to learn every night on an app. Okay, well, Babbel or something. Uh, Duolingo. Duolingo. Okay. Um, so I am trying every night to do it, but. It's now all, already. It's becoming like a, a chore. So I'm like, oh, can't be asked because I've heard it all day. Yeah. I don't understand half the stuff. They're probably calling me all sorts, but <laughs> they're just smiling and nodding. So I'm like, oh, morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's yeah. I do want to head into like Paris Centre, um, but this weekend the weather's not meant to be great, so there's no point this weekend. Um, 
but then there are talks of potentially a, a full lockdown here next week. Okay. Because their numbers aren't improving. So, um, they're talking about that here, extending it beyond February. But yeah. what, do you know what else I heard today? They're now talking about, um, you know, should we close the borders? It's like, mate, that ship sailed a year ago. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I, it, it, I was talking about this the other day. Look at the way, like New Zealand, right? New Zealand is a small country, island country, shut the borders, eradicated coronavirus, probably one of the first countries to do it. We're in Ireland. We could have done exactly the same thing. But what But what do we do? We take a year to do temperature checks. We take just about a year to insist that people have a 72-hour clearance check. Yeah. And now, over a year later, we're talking about closing the borders. It's just, it's that typical Brit mentality, isn't it? It's almost like we're too stubborn to to be told what to do. And then follow the rules. It, it's as clear as that. It's um, like the guys here, like the French, are a bit, they're a bit the same. You know, it's almost like we're mirroring each other. So what we yeah. do, they then do, and then vice versa. If they do something, we then do it. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, this whole shutting the borders thing. It's like you said. It's why? Why now? Like we're already yeah. at that peak. Ship's sailed. Damage has been done. Like now it's like I, I get it. It's like damaged, like it's like, like putting a plaster on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he says, yeah, it's one of the so one of the guys who's meant to be coming out here, like my halfway point. So I'm here for six weeks, and uh, they've even said if they do a full lockdown, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going home. Mm. They'll get an exemption pass for me to still go on to base. There's me thinking when I heard it today. Oh, nice one. I could be home in two weeks. Yeah. No. No, no, no. We'll get an exemption. Like, we'll stay on base. I'm thinking, but if you're going into a full lockdown, then just lock everything down. Yeah. How do you, how do you think the government in the UK have handled the coronavirus? To be fair, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence with purely because I, I, I think we have acted far too late on certain things far too late but then it's that who who wants boris's job who wants to do that who wants to start who wants to tell 67 million people on this island stay in like who wants to do that who wants to stand up and say oh by the way your kids have to stay at home with you now like nobody wants that rock he's having to do it because he's the prime minister so it's not him personally i've i've put some posts up like on social media before about Boris and saying, you know, I wasn't a fan at the start, but then when this all kicked off, I thought, hang on, he's, he's human. He's trying to, to digest what we're, we're looking to him for answers. Like he's He's learning like us at the same time. He's not the, he hasn't given us COVID. Like it's not from, (laughs) (laughs) he's going to water. (laughs) But it's, um, I just think that, they're trying, they're trying their best. And whether we're acting late, we've done things the wrong way around. Yeah. It's a learning curve. This is this is new. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, just let them if people listened, if we like, and I mean everybody adhered to every rule that was set out, yeah. like Australia, like New Zealand, 
we'd be in a different place right now. Yeah. 100% because they've speaking to the office today in Australia and they're out like on a work to do thing at this orchestra. I'm thinking, oh, like you're all out having a beer, you're doing all this because they listened. Yeah. They had six months of, of pure lockdown basically, but you know, it worked. It's, it feels so different here now. Remember the first lockdown, the roads were dead, people weren't oh. going anywhere. I enjoyed you know, the first. I, I didn't think it was great. But, um, I really enjoyed it because I got to spend more time with, like Dexter was at um, uh, nursery, but all yeah. the time, and I was going off to work. Didn't really get to see him like during the week because yeah. he was home, it's bedtime, you know, all the stuff when kids are knackered. And then um, when that lockdown hit, it wasn't, it was, I mean, it was horrible at the start. It was an adjustment. Everyone's panicking. You're like, how do I do this? But I actually got to see his personality. I got to see him interacting with his sister, with us. Yeah. And I, this is amazing. Like you said, roads were quiet. It was peaceful. We'd go out on walks. Because of summer, obviously, the weather was better. Yeah. Um, got loads of stuff done. It was just that difficult part of, you know, trying to balance work. But it's definitely Absolutely. not like that now. It, feels, it almost feels like everybody's going about the normal day. Yeah. Like, like normal. Like I went to the office on Friday, and I, I work for myself. There's nobody in the office, so it's just me. Um, but it beats sitting in the house with the, the wife and the kids. So <laughs> I, I went to the office. She's not in here, Charlie, is she? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> just she, doesn't, she wouldn't listen to me when she's in the room anyway. So but yeah just i remember friday kick out time half four five o'clock the roads were slammed yeah like it was it was law it was like a normal friday afternoon everybody's going home from work to, yeah. to me it doesn't feel like anybody's working at home no and the whole thing you know your key workers and things like I read a summit the other day that the first lockdown, it was only 30% of like kids were back in school. Yeah. This lockdown, it's up to 70%. Yeah. And you think, what's changed? Have you all got jobs in the NHS and frontline work? Like, people are flexing it. And I get, you know, I get some people genuinely need to. They need yeah. to get their kids in so they can work. But come on, right? I, I, I know of people that are going, oh, yeah, I'm a key worker. Yeah, definitely definitely a key worker i look after somebody once a week well okay you're not a key worker buddy but okay and it's just to get the kids in school but then they're sitting at home all day yeah you know what i mean it's yeah it's so back even here like so now they're curfew when we're leaving and we're walking back this way it is rammed it's literally like the rat race everyone's bombing home to get home before 6 p.m I have to carry a, um, I have to carry a like a certificate on me to say that I've got permission to be out after six really? p.m. Yeah, if because I've left work and I'm we're um, on a base and stuff and yeah, hotel and all that. But I, yeah, I have to literally carry the things like the Gestapo. I'm somebody. I'm waiting for somebody to shout papers at me, and <laughs> I've got to produce something. I'm like shit. <laughs> Speaking of people that are going to be working from home, I'll tell you one person that is going to be working from home in the next couple of weeks. Oh, Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he is out of the White House, that guy. He hasn't done much work in years. <laughs> he, 
have you seen everything that's going on over there this last these last couple of weeks? Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of things um, past <laughs> past couple of weeks. It's just, do you know what? I am I am surprised that he's not been slotted in the head. I, I'm very surprised. But but I think all the crazies are on his side, so I think that's why he hasn't been right. Yeah, I think though as a as a government. There's got to be somebody going a bit rogue, going, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I thought Clinton's MO that, isn't it? Yeah. But, I think uh, one, th one thing that really winds me up about the whole the whole Trump and America debate is that it, people, I don't understand people in this country getting so angry oh. about a president in another country. I just genuinely have no idea. It's an excuse, I, isn't it? Yeah. For people I mean, to get kick off I, I, ask me ask me if i care who the president of the united states is do you care no. who the president is? do you know why why is that mate i'm not american ah that's why <laughs> you live in the united kingdom <laughs> why are people in the uk marching in the street over donald trump really i just don't understand exactly mate is he's like it's hard enough to watch the americans going about their day about you know getting Trump out, impeachment, all of this stuff. And then you see people in the UK. This impeachment thing, I really don't understand that either. I was reading about it earlier. They're impeaching him. He's out He's out now. So, like, okay. But what are the punishments? Do you know what are the punishments that can happen to Trump um, after him? this? Yeah. Uh, not 100%. I, I, I think I've heard that it's like uh, he can never run for... Yeah. Any sort of political stance against, yeah. Um, and two other things are really going to cripple him. Oh god! Oh no! Uh, I have no idea. He's going to lose his pension, oh, and no. he's going to lose his travel expense. Do you think billionaire Donald Trump cares about his state pension? Oh my god! It's just, it's just madness. It's, yeah, so, it's really, really sticking it to him, that is. Yeah, sticking it to the man. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah, honestly, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people get so angry. Um, there's a million and one people worse than Donald Trump that you could get angry about, and, you, <laughs> and people don't. It's just that Trump's the popular person to be angry at at the moment. Yeah. So let's all be angry and grandstand about yeah. him. It's almost like, it's like a hype thing, isn't it? It's what's new, what's uh, the top list of the news today? Right, let's gather, let's march, let's kick off about it. What's going to get me the low, most likes on Instagram or Facebook? Shouting about Trump. What's going to make me controversial enough to people go, oh, have you seen that post? It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, I've seen celebrities this week posting about, thank God Trump's gone. Biden, this is your time to shine. And I'm just looking at it thinking, yeah, Trump might be an idiot, but if you think Biden's the answer, you're deluded. I'm, hey, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he lasts his full term. I oh, know. Was he 78, 79? Yeah, he, he doesn't look. <laughs> he doesn't look right. Like, um, yeah, he's not. Have you, seen, have you seen all the videos of him sniffing kids? <laughs> oh God, I haven't. Yeah, I've seen that. It's weird, isn't it? It's it's just like it's almost like cults, isn't it? It's like um, 
who can we put in in power that has a big following, a big cult? Yeah. And it, he's yeah, he's definitely the answer. I mean, I don't, I don't care. I, I, exactly, I don't it's care. Relevant on me, on my life. Um, people say, oh yeah, but they're the most powerful. This powerful that he can make decisions. Well, good for him. Yeah. Like, if he does, well done. <laughs> it's it's like in this country, right? When people go, "Oh, Boris Johnson's this," or "Ed Miliband's that," or mm. "Corbyn's this," and I'm just like, they're all the same. Every single one of them is exactly the same. They all went to the same school. They all hang out at the same bars. They've all got the same friends. One of them wears a red tie. One of them wears a blue tie. <laughs> what difference does it make? Honestly. <laughs> People in the States would kick off over those colours because they're gangs. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's the grit and the bloods. Yeah, but for me, I don't understand. So I, I, I like to listen to politics. I like to I don't get not so much get involved, but I like to have an opinion on it. But I don't understand why people get so angry one way or another because fundamentally nothing really changes. Everything no. always stays the same. Exactly, exactly. And that. I did read today that they were saying, um, or part of Trump's ex exit speech, he was saying how successful they were in building this space force and mm. doing all this other stuff that would have took years and years for any other um, sort of party to do. And they managed to get it done and blah, 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 all of this stuff. Sound like a redneck then. Get it done. <laughs> get it done. Get it done. But yeah, you think, okay, brilliant. But what else did he come out with? What other stuff did he... <laughs> and also, you, you really need a space force. <laughs> Find out where COVID came from. <laughs> yeah. I don't it's know. Definitely up there. It's, you know, mate, I, I get it. It's it's silly. Any, but I'm not, I'm not into politics like that. I'm not knowledgeable enough. Have you ever voted? No, I haven't. Do you know? Let me tell you why. I remember <clears throat> not the last election because the last election I was actually out of the country, but the one before that was it 2016 when Cameron was it when Cameron lost the could have been there. I was probably out of the pub, yeah, living a life anyway. The, sorry, the, the, it was the last one that Cameron won. And I did this, there was a there was a poll on there was a like a questionnaire on Facebook, and it was like, fill out this question and it'll tell you which party you are. So I filled it out and it, it, it came out 20% conservative, 20% lib sorry, 40% convert conservative, 40% liberal, and 20% green, right? And that's because Anyone who makes their decision on whichever party you are. So you'll, you'll get people that make a decision based on the fact that they're a conservative or mm -hmm. the fact that they're Labour without actually listening to what the topic is. And that's that, that for me, made, made my decision. Is that how do I vote? I don't vote for one or the other because actually my opinion is split. Yeah, yeah. Across all of it. Mate, they, they all promise everything. They all promise the same in the lead-up. Um you know, more money for the NHS, more money for police, more money for the military, this, 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 this. We'll lower tax, we'll do all of that. As soon as they're in, as soon as they're in power, it's yeah. like, oh, well, we can't do that because we've got to think smart and we've got to make the investments here and here. And you're thinking... 
and they all, but they all lie. It's like you, you watch Question Time, and yeah. you'll have Boris stand up and say, "We spent the most amount of money on the NHS in twenty years," and then you'll get Labour stand up and going, "You've done so many cuts to the NHS <laughs> yes. for so many years." It's like who's telling the truth? Exactly, and it, if you go like, it depends like who's in the limelight at the time. But then if you if you go to if you go to one of the hospitals and ask the NHS, are you feeling any different? Have you got more back in? Some will say, yeah, we have. Yeah. At the manager level, yeah. like right, like high, like executive level. But you ask the people that are actually, you know, doing eighteen-hour shifts or whatever, working, like their arms are off. You say to them, have you felt a difference? No, we work more hours. I also think it matters where you are in the country. Of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. You're at one of the really expensive postcodes in the UK. I'm yeah. sure they don't really see the cuts to the hospital as much as no. somebody in maybe the northeast, yeah. as an example. And you know, and, and that's one thing. Like you look at the UK, and it's how how it's all divided. It's like anywhere, money talks, money talks. You know, and it's it's the same in politics. <laughs> like yeah. they use that because. We are all driven by money. Yeah. We are all driven. If anyone says, don't care about the money, yeah, all right, okay. How much did you get paid to say that? Well, let's look at this. So do you know about all the the the, 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 the offshore tax havens, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like Cayman Islands and British Virgin Islands and, and all those places, right, yeah. that were set up as tax havens by the British hundreds of years ago, just, just as a point. But... <laughs> You've got all these, so there's all these tax loopholes where you can be non-dom or you can put your money offshore. And so rich people send the money to the Cayman Islands. And why won't they shut that loop down? Yeah, exactly. Who's... Because all their money's there. Yeah. So, look, so David, I remember David Cameron, Cameron's family, all his money's in the Cayman Islands. Um, so why, as the prime minister of the country with the power to change that, would you affect your pocket? Exactly. And yeah, it's greed. It's everything, isn't it? It's, I mean, I've, I've, I've never heard of an on, an honest politician. You know what I mean? You, you just don't get it. And like I say, they can stand up in the houses and say about, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And like I say, I love somebody did they go, where's your bank account? Yeah. Not, not that one, the other one. Because they're we all, need, they're um... all we need Ali G and Ali G the movie when he goes to follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. R E S P P T. <laughs> Respect. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's, it's just bad everywhere, isn't it? It's, well, it's I mean, you're right, though. It's money. Money corrupts all. Of course it does. Of course it does. But I'm, I mean, it's way off any kind of like massive numbers like some of these people but it's like here if they go into lockdown surely the right thing for them would be to say okay you need to go back to the uk yeah you can't stay in lockdown in a hotel i mean i'm in a hotel from six o'clock every night that's it in my room that is it yeah but because the the french military and government have paid for this they hold the company accountable to delivering money. Yeah. 
like we're down here, like on the order, it's money up here. And then, okay, what impact does that have to the, the deployment of all of this stuff and this stuff? And then you think, uh, hi, <laughs> can I go? <laughs> like um, when they announced that lockdown, I think maybe the third, the third one, or no, where they shut the pubs, but they left the pub open at Parliament. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. And there yeah. was all the uproar. They, they eventually they closed it, but it, it was the point of the pubs closed for all you, but for us, we We're need to have a pint and talk about we, it. We need a pint. Yeah. One one rule for us, one rule for you. That's just the way politics works. And that's how it divides everybody. It divides. There's never, there's never a way to win an argument on politics, no. because, like I say, it comes down to what do we really know about politics. Also, I think I think a lot of a lot of the problem with these debates is that most people aren't for having their mind changed. So for me, if I have an opinion on something, like. If I look outside and I say, oh, it's it's light out there and it's dark, and you put to me that a convincing argument that it is dark, I'd go, oh, yeah, it is dark. You know, I'd change, I would change my mind. as If I'd heard a convincing argument to the facts, Yeah, I would change my opinion. But the majority of people that get involved in political debate take a stance, and yeah. that is their stance. There's no, there's no matter what you can say, that's their opinion. No, exactly. They go into it knowing their, their view, their their opinion yeah. is the only opinion that matters. That's yeah. it. And yeah, it may, it's, it's rubbish. It's, it's when they closed the, uh, like Dover, when yeah. they closed all of that and you're thinking, oh, so as a country, we are panicking, you know, it's Christmas. Everyone's thinking, oh, I'm not going to have to get everything I need, like COVID, everything. Yet you've got seven miles of traffic now they're all taking priority, really, getting COVID tests and everything. The army have been sent in to help out, yeah. get it all moving again. And then France go, nah, we, we're closed for 48 hours. Like, sorry. <laughs> You're thinking, hang on, we're in a pandemic, global. Really, yeah. what matters here? And that it's that thing that probably comes down to money. You know, you... You're not going to put it aside to go, yeah, let, let's all, if we all work together, let's get a plan in place. Let's nail it. Nah. So how much did that cost to sign that? Okay, yeah, come on. Close the gate. It's like that um, it's like that company that was set up two weeks before securing a £240 million government deal to provide PPE. Did you read about oh. that? And it ended up, and it ended up being the husband of a lady or a, what are the lords is it lords and what are the lords and ladies what's the lady lady, I'm sure lady yeah lady uh, you know what i mean she's in the house of lords or whatever you call the females in the house of lords it was a husband of one of them he set up this new company 200 and 200 odd million pound contract for a two three week old company yeah, come on, and 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 everyone is feeling the the strain and the pinch of everything. You know, people that set up their own, people that set up their own businesses. Yeah, you know, you'll know more than anyone. Yeah. You think, right? I'm, I'm going to better myself. I'm going to make my own future. I'm going to be in control of this. You're not in control of it because other people are dictating 
how you can operate during the day, lockdowns, restrictions, two-meter rule, face-to-face, all this stuff. Yet, then you'll see on the news the next day, uh, the Scottish MP, she came in with no mask on. And you're thinking, hang on a minute. So we have to put everything we're planning on hold, especially guys setting up new businesses, guys, everyone doing that. (laughs) And then you're watching some idiot walk in with the power to make decisions on a country with no mask. And you're thinking, yeah, you're going to tell a police officer to find me. Well, I mean, I know all about the set of business because we set up our business yeah. the start of last year. And there is literally no financial support for, for startup businesses. So we launched February is when we actually registered the company, got it all set up. And because of that, because we haven't filed our first year accounts, because we haven't done my first self-assessment, there is literally no support for any small businesses out there that are in that situation. Yeah. And there's loads of people in that situation because it just if you look at the recruitment sector as a whole, when the when the pandemic hit, lots and lots and lots of recruitment consultants got laid off because companies just went, oh, we're going to have to sh- get rid of a load of people. Yeah, cool. Now, the good ones went, well, this is an opportunity for me to set up my own business. Right? So a lot of people did that. But at the same time, we're in a market that's really difficult to recruit in. So maybe you're not quite seeing the same income as you would expect from a normal scenario. And then the government stand there and say, we're providing all this billions of pounds of support for businesses. But you just have to look where that support's going. It's going to big business. It's not going to small businesses. Yeah. Look at, look at the, um, um, what was the um, scheme for the kids? Um, there, was, there, was, there was a scheme that... that the recent was, one, yeah. So it was it was to get kids employed. So basically, eighteen to twenty five year olds on job seekers. Basically, what they said to companies is, if you if you create a job, we will pay. It's the first six months' wages of that individual. Um, it's to get young people in into work. Jobs. Okay. I can't remember the scheme. Anyway, it's it's not really important. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, if you have companies like. McDonald's, BT, Sky that can apply for this, getting lots and lots of free labour, yet because I'm a small business, I'm not eligible for it. It's it's frustrating, isn't it? It's frustrating because... Who needs the support? Does Sky and BT need the support or does little old me need the support? Exactly. It's like... um, I can't remember which company it was, but they were... They got found out because they were claiming furlough for their staff. So they're claiming that big grant yeah. to yeah. pay their staff, yet they weren't paying their staff. Or it was um, – their staff were still working. So they weren't furloughed. They were still working. Yeah, I've seen loads of that. It's me, honestly. And then, like you say, you wonder why people people give up. People just say, you know what, stop this. I, I will sit at home all day and do soddle and I'll claim. I'll claim yeah. off the government and I'll live like that. Because there's no, you know, there's no incentive at the moment. I actually know somebody who it was more beneficial for him to not work, stay at home and claim dole yeah. than go, go out and do 48 hours of a job that he was capable of, earning minimum wage, 
he'd earn, he'd earn more money doing that. Yeah, my, my my sister does it. She she's so she's got two kids and her partner works, but for her to go to work, she won't see her kids, or it'll be childcare costs then coming because the working hours of your day. Yeah, all of the others. She was like, I'll earn more money being at home. Mm. And she says, I don't want to be. I get bored, but I can't start up my own business or anything like that because there's no funding. If I go to work, I'm going to lose out on a lot more, like with the kids. And you just think, yeah, there's millions of people. There needs to be more incentives for people who are in work. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be the case. If you go to work, you're worse off than you staying at home. That should not be possible. Exactly, yeah. It, it doesn't make it appealing, does it? No. Like, if I didn't go to work, I wouldn't be stuck here. Like, take away the, the, the glamorous idea of, oh, you're in Paris. Yeah, this is Paris, a hotel room. You know what I mean? This is Paris for me. Yeah. Whereas if I didn't work, I'd be at home now. Sat yeah, there. With the kids. With probably. the kids. Watching my massive TV, you know, having everything I could want because that's... All right, show off. <laughs> but that's what the only thing Yeah. Like, a better TV than I have and I work my ass off. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's, it's that thing. It's where's the incentive? Where's the drive? And like I say, we just make it too easy. Make it too easy. And then we offer those uh, meals for people. You know, the, the three potatoes and two carrots yeah. and a couple I've of seen, of this. I've seen a lot of people complaining about those uh, packages mm. online this last week. Is it a £32 package or £30 package that actually is worth about £5.20? If that. Like, if that. And it's... You think I'll, be going to, I'll be going to some company that has a connection to somebody in power who's making £20 a pop. Yeah, profit. It's probably, all these companies, my view is that all these companies that have made profit from COVID need to yeah. invest that back in to COVID. Mm. Vaccinations, rollouts, hiring people, hospitals, everything. All that money needs to be put back in. Yeah. It's, it's not fair it's not fair to make make profit off of stuff like this and then you send struggling families this crappy little okay some will say well it's better than having nothing yeah I get that but how excited are you going to be are you get are you going to get food provided for you we're going to send you a package and you open that up you think hang on a minute well I, I watched something on telly the other day and i might be completely making this up but i'm pretty sure i saw it that said something like <clears throat> you know the one percent that everybody talks about the super rich mm -hmm. during this pandemic the one percent have seen their wealth increase by 40 percent yeah i believe it i believe it it's I, <laughs> I do believe it i i know i know of somebody that basically hired out their their own warehouse and made it was like 90 90 profit of what they made last year just by hiring their warehouse out to store things like ppe um hand gels all of that stuff so they got rid of everything reduced it back to just like an empty shell with shell storage and then make it you just think great yeah great business mind well done yeah. that's yeah. very genius what you know, some would say you're jealous. Fair one. However, you're annoying me <laughs> because I don't have a warehouse to give. Nah, it's um, 
it goes back to that is that I can believe that one percent that super yeah. rich profiting. Yeah, and then we're still having the cheek to send those three potatoes and two carrots out. Yeah, and and it's it's the people at the bottom that are clearly hit the worst. Yeah, mate, massive. Just before Christmas, Anya, so she's like five years old. She, her own thing, her own off her own back, came out with most five year olds come out with the most random stuff anyway. But she says, I want to take some food to a food bank. I was like, what? Do you even know what a food bank is? Her, her interpretation <coughs> was, yeah, you take food and they give you some money to give to the poor families. And right. I was like, get in a roundabout way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, okay, you, you're on to something there. And I said to her, what do you want to give them? And she goes, I want to um, buy Christmas stuff and cakes and blah, blah, basically all kids' sweets and everything. But for a five-year-old to come out with that and say they want to, they want to go to a food bank. Yeah. So I took them both. I took Anya and Dexter, took loads of these bags of stuff, stuff that you overindulge when you do your Christmas shop. Yeah. You know, and we took all this stuff and we went to this food bank and I was thinking, hang on a minute, they don't need any more. They don't need any more food. And we dropped it off and the guys were actually, I won't say they were reluctant to take it, but they weren't like, oh, thank you so much. And, Blah, blah, you know, there was none of that. Do you it was all, find, can you leave sorry. it there? They were just saying, oh, can you leave it there for us? Got nowhere to put it. Yeah, well, pretty much. And I said to them, yeah, that's fine. I said, can I have a picture right, with the kids and that for them? Because like, they, they've done this. They've gone out. They wanted to do this. And it was just that. It annoyed me afterwards. Thinking, <laughs> just brought all this like food that I would have ploughed through. And you're giving it to somebody, okay, they're not the people receiving it, so they're not grateful. They didn't come across as grateful, and I know a family would be really grateful for all that stuff, but it just annoyed me. Do you know what annoys and, me about food banks? Go on. Actually, rephrase that, because it's not the food banks that annoy me. Yeah. It's, you know when you go to a supermarket, Tesco's are the worst for this. Go on. You go into Tesco, and they make you pay for your money for their food, so you profit in their pocket. And then at the door, they have a box for donations to the food banks. Yeah. I'm like, well, why don't you just give to the food bank? Why yeah. do we have to pay you? You take profit and we have to give away the food. You know what you should do? Do a food shop, massive food shop, wheel it straight to that front of the door, swap the signs over and just leave. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Well, I, I, no, I get it. I, yeah, same with those little plastic coins that you have to pick a charity. Yeah, they've got three charities. You're thinking, I always go for the one with the least in. Yeah, I do. Thinking, why put three? <laughs> you, you basically Just pick one. Just pick one. Yeah, exactly. So support one local charity. One a month. Change it every month. Whatever. Exactly. But no, I, I get that. Yeah. And half the time you walk out the food, you see the food in there is better than what you've just bloody brought. You're thinking, yeah, can I, can I swap that? <laughs> can I swap that. I, I have nothing against taking food to food, but I happily take food. We, you know, Christmas we we buy hampers for for family. We do all that. Yeah, but I'm just the principle of 
giving money to the supermarket and giving the food back to the supermarket so they can look great when they donate every all this food yeah. to yeah. I, I, I have an issue with that yeah it's yeah they, they sort of take take all the headlines all the all the praise and everyone thinks they're amazing yeah it's it's working it's working class people yeah and sometimes it's even people that really can't afford it but they ju they just want to help other people. Often they're the most generous people, the people with nothing. Exactly, exactly that. It's 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 ridiculous, isn't it? And the thing this is going to annoy, you know, a lot of people. Thing that does my head in is that every year, obviously, I don't don't know if we did it this year. Don't even know, but you do the whole children in need. You know the red nose day all of that stuff yeah okay right great great idea for what they're supposedly supporting every year you know the uk break the record and it's x amount of millions and blah 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 where is it like where, where is it? we raise how much money every year yeah. and then there's still people getting these fucking three potatoes and four Cherry to heart. Do you know what I mean? There's all that going on. And you're thinking, why are we doing that? Where is that all going? How how much of that percentage is going? So I don't, I actually don't give to it. Yeah. I don't well, I think a, I think a lot of these charities are a bit of a scam. I know not the, the, the three that you mentioned, I don't I don't really know, but I know a lot of these charities, some of them only have to even give 10% of the revenue that they generate to charity. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not, it's not a high amount. Some So some do say we give everything, we give 95%, but a lot of them, I think to be a charity, you only have to re you only have to give a certain amount of the revenue that you produce, which I just find incredible. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. So my, my, uh, my ex's mum, she had cancer, she beat it, and then what she decided to do was because when she was going through chemo, there were certain things that she want that the hospital didn't have. They couldn't provide. Um, you know, I've, I've never had to experience any of that. You know, touch wood. I'm, I'm lucky. But she's now, since she came out, when she was um, cancer-free, she started raising money just for the hospital, for the um, cancer ward, uh, the oncology ward or something. And she's raised nearly, what was it, over... Thirty thousand pounds, right? And that's from doing charity stalls, like crocheting stuff, selling hats, gloves, scarves, all of that stuff. And she will phone the hospital on the ward and say, "What do you guys need?" And they'll tell her, and she'll order it. So she controls it. She doesn't just give it all over there. Yeah. She has like the fund, and she'll say, "What do you need?" And they needed some fridges so they could keep like um, some drinks cold. When people have chemo, they like to have, I think, just then they get loads of blisters. Yeah. So they needed some fridges. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, so she ordered these fridges. Then it was the staff. They needed somewhere. Oh, the families. You know, the family room wasn't very comfortable because the hospital was just run ragged. So the charity brought a sofa and made it all comfortable. Things like that, You when you see it making a difference, yeah. like, Every year, I'll go, yeah, I'll sign up 20 quid for the year for the lottery. She does like a lottery thing. And you just think, well, that's going to get me, what, 
well, nowadays it will get me a couple of coffees. Back then it was like, yeah, that's only a couple of pints. I don't need that. That's going to somewhere where you can see the difference. Yeah. Brings us back to this. Where's all that money that everyone's raising the super rich? They could sort this like that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's done then. It's done. Like, How much? Uh, um, like Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and all that, they're all giving away 99% of their wealth when they die. I'm like, you could give away 50% now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Bill Gates is worth what? $120 billion. Nobody yeah. needs $60 billion. He's got everything. Everything. And I'm not, and, we're just picking on him. Just, no, you know, in general. I know what you mean. It, yeah. My point there is you're giving it away. Why wait till you're dead? Why not just do it now? You've got it. Yeah. And actually, take take the limelight for that. Take the credit for that. Be remembered. You probably, probably make even more. I was going to say, by the time he then does die, he's probably earned twice as much. Yeah. It, it's silly. and But you don't know enough about what controls it, what what feeds this, what feeds that. It's it's tough. I mean, you know, it's uh, when, when I got here, walking out of the, um, the train station, um, seen so many homeless people, like so many. And it was, it was Baltic, it was freezing. Yeah. And they're sat there with like hardly anything, like layer-wise, nothing. And there was one guy, I, I, I seen him sat there, one of those that don't annoy everyone, you know, with a constant, like, bah, bah, bah. and I said, do you want a drink, a hot drink? Didn't know the French for it, so I, he had to understand. But, you know, I was doing the miming accent, yeah, would you like a hot drink? Um, and he just shook his head at me and just went like that. Money. And I thought, no, like, I'm not doing that. But I'm offering you a hot drink. I'll get you some food. I gave a homeless guy, or they offered a homeless guy, I uh, went to a restaurant and I uh, had a massive starter and I ordered a pepperoni pizza for, for mains and I ate like two slices and I like, want to take it away. I was never going to eat it, but you always say, yeah, yeah, sure, give me the box. Yeah. So I was walking back through Manchester and I saw this homeless guy. He's like, oh, have you got any money? And I was like, I haven't got any money, but you can have this pizza. And he went, oh, what's on it? <laughs> and I went, oh, it's pepperoni. He went, oh, I don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's such a British thing, I think. I mean... You're not that hungry then, mate. No, exactly. So the flip side of that, when I was in when I was in France last time, I was in a place called Lorient, and a weekend I was doing my laundry because um, of COVID, like you had to go and do it yourself. So when I was doing my laundry, and I seen this guy sat outside the, the on the window with his dog, and I'm a sucker for dogs. I was like, oh no, like you can literally take take my clothes, like whatever you need. But I seen him sat there, and he was people were walking past. No one really speaking. He was just sitting there reading a book. His dog was there, sat next to him. My, I put all my washing in. I had like 30 minutes left. So I went over to the supermarket and I brought like a, a meal deal. I was getting something for me anyway. So I brought an, an extra meal deal and a box of like dog biscuits. Walked back over, just gave him the bag. Didn't say anything. Just gave him that and the dog biscuits and just walked back in to get my wash in. 
sitting there waiting for it. So I'm sat in there eating my sandwich, and this guy was sitting there eating it, and he kept turning around at the window, like looking at me, and I was thinking, what's his problem? If he comes in here and says he doesn't like it or <laughs> something like that, I'll take it off him and I'll eat it. Like, he just kept looking. And then once I packed everything up, I went out. He had very broken English, but I went outside and he stopped me and he was like, like really, really grateful. And you could tell he was so grateful and his dog was chomping away on these biscuits. And I just said to him, no problem, like no problem. And I just walked, I went off and went back to the hotel. It's people like that, they, you know, they're genuinely grateful. Not somebody saying, what's on it? Pepperoni? Nah, mate, nah. I'll wait. I'll wait for the next one. <laughs> well, can you take yeah. it back and change it? That's you know, one of my biggest fears, being homeless. Oh. Honestly, it's, it's one of my biggest, my biggest fears. I just, I can't, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I would never ever. I have, to have my, I have to have my heating on twenty eight degrees constantly. Like I'm, I'm that kind of person that hates the cold. My heating bill is ridiculous because the heating is always on. Yeah, but it has to be. Like I, but I couldn't imagine doing a night out uh, on the streets. Especially like there's never, a, never a nice time. But like this time of year, yeah, like, you just think nah, and. You know, you start thinking, why? Why are you homeless? Yeah. What's what's happened? Like, you've got nobody, no one. If somebody if somebody came to knock on my like a friend, somebody came to knock on my door, and they needed help, I would do whatever I could to help. You know, whatever, whether it was just a, just have a cup of tea and a chat, like what's going on, whatever I could do, I would always do. And um, I just know. I knew a lad when I was in when everyone's been to America or played or you know went over did football or whatever. I was over there once and um, met this lad. He was from Newcastle. I, he was just over there coaching for the summer, like most. He came back and he, he started working, doing like filming like little shorts, little documentaries. And uh, he was actually doing one for um, Channel Four, and he was going to spend. Um, a couple of nights living in the streets, living homeless. They were doing this whole thing about, you know, it's at the all-time high, what's going on, what we're doing. So he was doing this, like, experiment, you know, and he was going to live like a homeless man. Second night, he died. I, I read that. Yeah, he died, hypothermia. He died. You, you probably did. His name was Lee. Um I remember somebody doing an experiment and dying on the experiment. Yeah, that was him. That was him. So he did this thing because he was he was a bit like us. He was always offering to give something. And it was always like not money, it was food. It was something like substantial. Um I used to do it in, in Peterborough. I used to walk if I walked through the town, there was loads of homeless people. But I would always go and I would go to Greg's, buy a hot chocolate, sausage roll. And dog biscuits because they've all got dogs and that kills me but i'd always do that like no matter what i was doing in town if i was there for 10 minutes or an hour i'd make sure i went and did that because that's that, that's just me yeah. lee was the same he was like seeing all this stuff and then in the states it was like a whole new level and then when he it's came crazy, back it's crazy there. Have, you oh. to, have you been to la no 
No. Oh my god, yeah, that that is both amazing and frightening at the same time. And it's not like you imagine it here, like you know, you've got like London, okay, you've got the West, the West End, Chelsea, yeah. King Knightsbridge, all those really nice places, and then right on the other end, you've got like the East End, um, Beckton, all those not so nice places, right? Yeah. LA, you've got Rodeo Drive. And around the corner, you've got like a load of skid row, like homeless people living so close to it. It is literally, you, it changes from street to street. Really? I've never seen so many people having a poo in the street than in LA. Really? Honestly, it is. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love LA. It, but it is, it is night and day, the contrast. And do you know what? That I was going to say this actually is for a country like, the UK and America, the homeless problem that both countries have is a travesty with the wealth that these countries have that we can't do something yeah. about homelessness for, for people in, in that need. Yeah. Because you only have to look at there's there's thousands and thousands of houses that are just empty in this country. Buildings, everything just shut up. Literally. Yeah, yeah I know. It's what what gets so when I see like um like a homeless person that's say like like a veteran, so something that's yeah. close to, to me, that's when I start going, like what what on earth are we doing? Especially that's like quite old, you know. Um, you think, what are we doing? Why is this person they've gone through whatever they've gone through, whether it's for one year or twenty years, they've still gone through something, yet they've come back, they're messed up. Now they've lost everything. They're on the street. What are we doing? Oh, I'll tell you what. Let, let's do let's do a fundraiser. Where's that money going? Because it's not going to those guys. It's not helping. So what the councils are doing, they're building ramps in doorways so people can't sleep. That's what they're doing. So so forget, yeah, like if, if you go around Manchester, what they're doing is they're, they're building um, their doorways on like a on, on a slant so the homeless people can't sleep in the. And how much does that cost him when they could just fund something else? You know, it, it's it's horrible, mate. It's horrible to even to even think that. And um, yeah, I, I just I just wouldn't know what what on earth I'd I would hate to walk past somebody and and know them, like actually like go, shit, like I know you, because then you think how bad has it got? And it, you know, it comes to uh, every everything at the moment. You know, most subjects now. The news, everything, it's, it's about mental health. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, everything's about that. And you think, you think you're having a stressful day. You know, you, I think I've got it tough being locked in a hotel room at six o'clock at night. In Paris. In Paris with, you know, all my amenities, everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh. All the wine, plastic <laughs> cups. Yeah, paper cups, mate. Um, I'm sorry. Probably worse. But yeah, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I had a bit of a wobble the other day and I was like, this is this is rubbish. This yeah. is rubbish. What the hell? And then you think, it's chucking down outside. Oh. That's a reality check. You've got to give yourself a reality check. Exactly. You people out there. It could you be know, worse. 100%, mate. 100%. And that's... Something we probably don't do when when you're going through something, 
you know, to you or to me or whoever, when you're going through that moment, that is the worst thing. Yeah. You know, you're there. It's having that 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 split second to go. Okay, it could it could genuinely be worse. And, and and that's one of the things I always try to tell myself whenever I'm down or not feeling great that it could be worse. And you know what? Sometimes I find myself if someone's telling me about this problem that they're having and it's the end of the world. And sometimes I just want to say it could, could be worse. You know, and they're like, you know, it's gonna you, you you'd send them under if you said that, and you feel yeah. like you're being not sympathetic and it's not that but you're just trying to get them to realize that it could be i had a job when i was working as an ops manager i had a well, i had a team of people and there's one guy he was about i think he was like 40 43 years old um so a lot older than me okay <laughs> and a lot older and then he was um you know i could, I could see him at work and he, he just wasn't his uh, usual self he was obviously going through something and then I remember one day I got a knock on the door and uh, he came in and he was in tears. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what do I do? I was like, oh no, okay. I was like, right, come in, sit down, sit down. We're talking. And he was telling me all this stuff that was going on. And I did just that. I was like, the fact that you're here telling me, you know, you're not, you're not that bad. It's not that bad for you. Like it could be worse. You you couldn't be in this position. You've got a job. Mm. You're, here, you're talking to me about it. You're telling me about these issues that you've got going on. Uh, so, so it's the people that are quiet. You know, the people that you pass every day and you, you know, you could work with them and you could be like, are you all right? And they're like, yep, yeah, good. That's it. That's all you hear from them. They've got all sorts going on. You know, people like um, Robin Williams as an example. Exactly. exactly. From the the outside, you look him happiest man in the world, always laughing, always smiling. But underneath all of that, yeah, majority of the characters he played, he's having a nightmare. And that's the thing you you never know what's going on. We we have this thing like the first lockdown. There was the adverts, weren't there? That would come on, and it was take time, just talk. Like you may just talk. When I first seen that, I was like, wow, that's amazing. But you sat there and you're like, so like you're looking over, what should we talk about? Dean touched on this yesterday on the podcast that I did with him. And he was saying that, you know, <clears throat> sometimes you, you can be having the worst possible day. You're really struggling, you're really down. And then your kids walk in and then you oh. have to be like, oh yeah, brilliant. And you, you almost have to just switch off that problem. And it's putting a mask on, isn't it? And, bottle, and bottling it up. Yeah, exactly. And so, so before I came away, I was spending all my time with Dex. I was doing loads, spending all my time with them. Um, and Anya, like doing everything I could. Then I came away and then I came into this situation. I didn't realize it would be as sort of as lonely as it is. And then, yeah, it was yesterday. I was, I was having that kind of like, I'm, I'm feeling really bad here, like really depressed, really low. And then my uh, phone went off and it was FaceTime with Dexter. And straight away you're like, like it clicks in you. And you're like, are you my buddy? And all this and you're all happy and joking. We had we had like a virtual dinner together. You know, he's eating his dinner. I'm sitting here just eating away. 
and it, it was amazing it was so nice for that moment and then when i said right you need to finish that you need to go and get a bath bedtime so i did all that stuff and then it was the whole you know whole buys and love you and speak to you soon and all that as soon as it went off i was i was like nearly in tears i was sat here going what the wow like i'm I miss home so much, yet when I was there, I probably thought, oh, I can't wait to go away, which I actually think in the podcast we did. I was saying, oh, I'm actually looking forward to going away. As soon as you're away, it's that instant, I wish I was there. And that's sometimes that's what we've got to remind ourselves of, is that... The grass isn't always greener. Exactly, and it could be worse. I'm, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm able to FaceTime home. You know, there's people that that can't and that are away, whether it's work, whether it's financial, whether it's whatever, military, whatever, people that can't speak to loved ones, like even now, you can't go and see people. But there's no excuse to, for me to just keep putting stuff up. The one thing I've learned throughout this whole experience of lockdown, because it is an experience, yeah, is I don't see my friends and family enough. I get comfortable, I get happy, and I lock myself away. I live in that moment all the time. Mm. So, you know, when, when I find somebody new and all of this stuff, I've, I've already said to myself, and I hope I can follow through with it, that I don't want to lock myself away and be like, oh, I live in this happy bubble now. I want to go and make sure I make the effort to go and see my friends and my family. I've got a sister who lives in uh, Wigan. Haven't seen her for for a good year. Well, you if not two birds in one stone then, Till. Exactly. But no, it's, it's that thing, you know, I, I don't go and I see them enough. And yeah. with everyone, you know, people losing loved ones <clears throat> every day to COVID. Yeah. Can't be there with them. And you think, why, why am I moaning at the fact that, oh, okay, I'm going to have to drive a few hours. And it's when and it's when they are gone, is when you then beat. So like we we lost. Well, I lost my mum a couple of years ago, mm. and I didn't see her. And she was in a care home because she was poorly with MS. Yeah. And we moved her to Manchester before the end. So the last few months we were pretty much there every day. But before that, she was in Grantham. So for me, getting down to Grantham was a challenge. But yeah. you had to push yourself to go and do it. Because once they're gone and you haven't gone to see them enough, it's well, there's no way of fixing it then. Exactly. exactly. My mum and dad live an hour and a half away. And I always go, oh, I can't be asked to go up there. Mm. That's a horrendous drive, A14, A, I can't be bothered. And then you make an excuse and you think, oh, I can't be bothered this weekend. I said I'd go and see them. No, I can't be bothered. Whereas now, like knowing people that have lost their mums and their dads and everything, I'm thinking, nah, I need to I need to make sure I spend not all the time, but you know, more time, investing more time back into seeing my parents and yeah. my sister and my friends, because they're the ones who pick you up when you are down, you know, when you are feeling it. It's them people that pick you up and a random message, how are you doing, mate? That could like open up so much yeah and it's when so we we hadn't spoke for a long time because you, you just 
you go your separate ways. You got your life, yeah. work busy, life busy. This, 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 and then you ran. Like you messaged me, and you were like, "How you doing, mate?" I was like, "Oh, fuck! Oh, wow!" Okay. <laughs> you're like, blah, 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 blah. "Yeah, this has all gone on," and you're like, "We need to yeah, catch up. Yeah. We need to catch up." And was like, "Yeah," and we had a phone call. You know, and it's just from that one message. Yeah, you see all these posts floating around on social media. Tag five friends now that you don't speak to. Do this, do that, yeah. and normally you just go, nah, not for me. Like next, next. Actually, if more people did that, but just out of off their own back, just went through their phone and go, I haven't spoke to so and so for so long. I'm going to ping yeah. them a message, see how they're doing. Yeah, you might get it's not his number anymore, not her number anymore, whatever. But yeah, it's that. It's that reaching out, and especially now and, and these times that everyone, everybody is, everybody is going through something. I put I put that in my my first blog, which you can find yeah. on the website at the top of the top of the page. <laughs> is it here? <laughs> Just here. <laughs> <That wrong way. laughs> um, uh, yeah, I know. I put it on there on my first ever blog. It was about mental health and how men yeah. don't talk about it. And what I was doing was, just, I think he even said, I encourage you to message three of your friends and ask, just ask them. How are you doing? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, and I'm 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 actually going through with work at the moment, trying to do like a mental health awareness thing, and like be be like one of these um, sort of mentors or whatever, Advocate. you know? Yeah, to do all of that like with them, and because it, it's so important, we spoke about it before, like before all of this, years and years ago. It's easy to go. Here I mate, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Cheers. Like, just brush it off. But then when you go back to your room, you go back to your your life or whatever you're doing, you sit there and you think, Yeah, I'm not actually all right. Mm. Like, why didn't I say something? And it's that bravado, isn't it? It's that I don't want to feel like I'm being weak. I don't want to I'm now at that age, mate. I don't care yeah. like what people think or or anything. It's it's a great great age and a great way to feel but i wish i felt like this years ago. Do you know what i mean i wish i felt that like i had that that sort of ability to go yeah actually no i'm not all right because this and this and this or this is annoying me you've annoyed me you've done this you've done that. i wish then i had that ability now i see my <laughs> see myself becoming my dad <laughs> you think ah oh, damn it yeah. <laughs> damn it uh, I couldn't tell you what my dad was like. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not. I have no idea. Not my real dad, definitely. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, my stepdad, definitely. Like you, you sort of see it, don't you? Now I've got kids. Now you've got kids. But you live it. Like now, when like I'm here, and they're already talking about like the next like work trip that I've got to go on and stuff. And I'm just thinking, nah, I. I need time with my. I need to be at home. Yeah. Like you can be here. You, you know, you work really hard to provide that future. Make sure your your kids, like every parent, probably aspires to make sure their kids have everything they didn't and grow up in this different world. That's a great way to live. However, I think it's dangerous because mm. it's not the real world. Your kid goes, "Can I have this?" You go, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." Yeah, let's let's order it now. Let's go shopping now. Let's do this. That's not life. That's not the real world. And when your kid then gets around and you say no, 
and you have a massive meltdown like that's like yeah that's not real life that's not real life um like i say working a lot of hours and you think oh what's it to do is it wrong to treat yourself every now and again and go you know what i really worked my backside off i'm gonna buy something for myself yeah and your kids going oh i want this i want that you think yeah okay okay i've done it before i've gone all right okay let's go and get it then and then you think i wish i brought that yeah now (laughs) now i just buy it and then go oh no (laughs) (laughs) credit card statement (laughs) ah Just not living here. Send do, it. Do you work weekends, Tilly, or are you off for are you off for the weekend? No, I'm off at the weekend, mate. Um are you gonna be able to watch the fight? Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier? Uh tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. night. Um I'm gonna order it. I'm gonna get the uh fight pass. Yeah. Thing. Um what do you think? Uh, I, I wanna say I want to say McGregor. Yeah. I really do because, like this, uh, this time like his his kid's been there at everything. Like you see all these videos now. He's like, he's in the cage, but he's messing around with his boy and yeah. his boy involved. And I guess for for, for dads, it, it tugs on you. You're like, oh, but like, amazing. But I look at that and I think everybody else isolates them from their family, their friends. They go away. They go into camp and it's all focused on the opponent. What are you going to yeah. do? How are we going to do? How are we going to move? What are we going to do? Do you know what I mean? That's the focus. Yeah. Whereas I see Connor now walking around the hotel with his kid, rolling around. Obviously, he's obviously putting in the work. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a reason why everybody else doesn't have that distraction around you when you're preparing for a fight like that. Yeah, I think I actually seen something the other day with uh, Conor McGregor, and he was saying, you know, when he gets to that point in life, it's less than about his fighting and everything. When he can buy his his family like three houses, a car, different car every day of the week, yeah. he goes, then I've made it. And he, yeah. he I've, I've done that. I'm yeah. there, and that's maybe why he's like, actually, I've spent all these years isolating and training camps like shutting away my family yeah and now he's actually going well i've got the ability i know how to fight i'm a proven world champion yeah like i'm good at my craft so yeah i'm going to involve my kids more i'm going to do things as a family i think it's, i think it's brilliant i think it's brilliant and i i hope i hope he wins i really do i'm 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 a big mcgregor dick rider i am a huge fan of mcgregor (laughs) (laughs) you know i was convinced he was going to beat khabib you know that that's right yeah i'm I'm still convinced he beats him in the rematch but (laughs) it's like but i I, do you know what coming into this week i was like mcgregor wins starches him like helmet connor's saying first 60 seconds fights over yeah but have you listened to all the interviews these last weeks? I've been watching loads on, you know, embed, um, embedded and all that sort of stuff that they're doing. And all he keeps talking about is because they go, they're saying you've got, you've come down in weight from one seventy or what he walks around at like two hundred. Yeah. And um, he, all he keeps saying is, I feel good, I feel strong. The weight's not a problem. The weight's not a problem. And you know, you know, when someone says something so many times, it's like, 
it is it is a problem do you know what i mean yeah i don't know and i I watched the way in this morning Mm -hmm. or this afternoon it was on and he he looked to me he looked ill i know they all do when they cut that they cut that way but yeah i just i I just hope he yeah i hope he steps up i hope he brings his game on it and he you know he does what he can do because he is amazing such a fighter like but it'd be it'd be amazing because he's come from that top of the world to then uh, with the um, Floyd Mayweather and all of this stuff, and you just think, oh, stop being a showman, like it's do what you got. Great to watch, and now he's doing like the opposite. He's like, it's all about his family. They're there and everything, everything he's doing, and you're just thinking, oh. Just please be focused. Please be on it. Because if it doesn't go that way, you know it's going to be, well, he didn't didn't train hard enough. It was his distractions of his family. But the worst thing you can say to any any sort of family man, especially a UFC world champion, now, nah, mate, you're rubbish because you were distracted by your kids. Straight away, you get your chest out and you're thinking, you what? Yeah. I mean... The one thing, D- Dustin Poirier has definitely improved since the first fight. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be one of these easy first round, there we go, we're done. I don't think it's going to be like that. I would like I would like McGregor to come out and just destroy him straight away, take his game plan away from him completely. Yeah. But... Do they have to put on a bit of a show for it? It's been such a, you know what I mean? Well, we fought that with the cowboy fight, but it was over in, what was it, 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it. And then, obviously, yeah. on Sunday, I'm going to watch the, uh, the other the game. Derby. Yep, I'm going to watch that as well. The only, the only derby that matters. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's just mad. I was watching the game the other night, actually. United and Liverpool, if anyone's uh, wondering. <laughs> anyone's confused it's not rangers celtic <laughs> yeah if anyone's confused they'll probably switch off now yeah. um i was actually watching the game the other night uh on the french tv on canal plus okay <laughs> i was like i can speak fluent french i understand it yeah. <laughs> loads of french i'm not going to be rude to them and then it was, what, did you, what did you make of the last game hard work like the first 30 minutes we made it difficult didn't we 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 looked like it was going to be a rollover but yeah and the same the last five minutes i was thinking oh here we go yeah we weathered that storm and then we started to come into it a bit a little bit and those chances that fell to bruno and pogba Ugh. i mean they're the two people you would want those two opportunities to fall to as well especially pogba at the moment wow like what a turnaround hmm. Like I know he's he's a great player. He is a great player, um, but obviously he went through a bit of a patch and all of this stuff. But he is just he's he just looks like he's playing with no care. Yeah, and that's his best football. Yeah, he's enjoying it, and that that was the I think the biggest problem for Man United for a long time was no one seemed to be enjoying playing footy anymore. No, for, for for United for the badge. It was all just like, okay. Well, Gary Neville said it. He said that this team, this, a year or so ago, he was, 
this team you can't like. You can't, just can't like this team. Yeah. Yeah, you're true. And they've got to make the fans want to like them again. And I yeah. think that's what, that's what they've done this last year. Yeah, mate. Bruno Fernandes has been just breath of fresh air in that team. Yeah. 100%. Um, I, just, I think everyone's just upped it. And then all of, all of a sudden, they're sitting top of the league. And you're thinking, okay, okay, let's let's get behind this. Like like Gary Neville actually said, why not talk about the fact that yeah. Man, United, Man United could win the league here? We've been so way off it for so long. Then why not talk about it? I think that's why people we don't want to go. Yeah, we're going to win the league because we were like mm, we've been we're just waiting for that abuse online when <laughs> we don't. Yeah, where's all the United fans going? Uh, in all honesty, I think City will run away with it. I think. You know, they win their game in hand, they go a point ahead of us. Uh, and I think as the season goes on, they'll probably pull away. We might still finish second or third, but I, I don't... I, obviously, as much as I'd love us to win it, I just can't see it. No, I've, yeah, I, I think... Um, I think City, once they get in that stride, once they're at the top, they won't, they won't give up, they won't... Saying that, though Kevin De Bruyne is out for six weeks, he's there... Playmaker, he is the one that keeps everything ticking at the moment. Is he out? So, yeah, that was, I saw it pop up on the news today. Six weeks hamstring injury. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but he's their man. He's their Bruno Fernandes. He makes everything tick. So without him, and Aguero's got coronavirus. Has he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just all lining up and then they'll cancel the season. <laughs> Remember last year we were all like, I was going to say, scrap it this year. Wouldn't that be amazing if the league just went, no, no, we'll, we'll start again. You're thinking, yes, please. And now it's this year, you're thinking, please don't. Please yeah. don't. We're in a good position now. Have you been on the Ollie out bus or have you, have you been Ollie in? Where, where have you been? No, I've been Ollie in, mate, from the start. Oh, yeah. like, when, he, when he first came in, and United were, were scoring goals. Everyone was like, oh, this is amazing and I definitely. And I was like, it's not going to last. I remember yeah. saying to, to my dad, who's a Liverpool fan, <laughs> um, I remember saying to him, that's not going to last. I was like, at the moment, we're just like on this massive hype. Yeah. What goes up must come down. And then lo and behold, you know, we <laughs> pretty hard. We went below where we should have um but like like most people like most managers um one of them said that you've got to give them time mm. it doesn't matter what club they're at the managers aren't i mean i'll say that like i know i have no idea i've never even played championship manager yeah, but, the point here that we're both idiots we have no idea what we're talking about right, exactly yeah just a disclaimer <laughs> We're not qualified. Yeah, put the pen down. You can't take this as golden. No, and, and it's like we're in a pub, so it's gospel. Mm. But it's um, yeah, you've got to give a manager time nowadays. The games, I think, the games changed so much, like from what it used to be. Teams have changed, but you've got you've got teams like Burnley. They, I watched the game last night. They're just workhorses. They just plug away. Whereas before, teams like that would roll over. Especially it, at Anfield. 
At home, maybe it's a different story, but Anfield, yeah. Yeah, and it happened with Man U, didn't it? People, teams were coming to Old Trafford, which used to be a place that, like Champions League nights, you're yeah. thinking, we're going to score six or seven goals here. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, teams were coming in, they were going, yeah, we're going to turn them over. Can't wait to turn them over at, at Old Trafford, that is it. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, and then people were getting on this thing, like, oh, he's not he's not the man for the job, but you're thinking, well, who is then? Who's going to come in and wave a magic wand and go, yeah, okay, we're going to win the league now? Like, no one. It just took time. And it's, I mean, I haven't agreed with everything he's done and players that he's brought in and given chances to. But See, quite... I've never been Ollie in. Right. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't think it was the right. I think it was the right decision to appoint him when they did, as on a temporary basis. Yeah. And, you know, when it was supposed to be till the end of the season. And I think that's when we should have parted ways and said goodbye. I, I've, I just haven't thought that he's been quite right or he's at that level to take mm-hmm. us that one step above. I mean, you look at, was it four semi-finals lost? You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying Mourinho shouldn't have been sacked, but do you think Mourinho gets to four semi-finals and doesn't make at least one final? No. Do you know what I mean? Mourinho would win. It's, it's experience, isn't it? It's definitely experience. And what was this like? Mourinho has been all over the world and won things everywhere. Yeah. Ollie's not. He's he's United through and through. And that is, you know, that's it. Isn't uh, like Rooney's a full time manager now, isn't he? Derby. Yeah. And you think, and then you got Lampard, you got Gerrard, you know, all these players that are now taking over footy clubs, not taking over. You know what I mean? Managing teams. And you think, oh. Okay, they're, they're definitely going on their sort of experience. But they're elite players. Solskjaer was never an elite player. Elite sub. Elite sub. <laughs> <laughs> elite substitute. When he come off the bench, you'll go, yes, we've got yeah. it. We've got it. Um, it's that winning mentality. But like you say, nobody... I, I did hear that sort of nobody wanted the United job because <laughs> it came with such... You're, you you are the United manager. Yeah, it's a lot to live up to. And Mourinho, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think he should have been sacked. Well, he wasn't backed, and I think if you don't back him, what's the point in having him? You like look at Pep. <clears throat> when Pep came in, he wanted to play his type of football. They finished fourth in his first season because he didn't have the players to play his football. They got him two new goalkeepers, four new fullbacks, two yeah. centre. You know, they they backed him. Whatever he, whatever he needed, he got. Mourinho wasn't backed. No matter what anybody says about the money that they spent, no. you know, they lump in the Pogba deal as money yeah. that Mourinho spent. But the Pogba deal was done before Mourinho came. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that last season where he got sacked when they gave him, was it Fred, Lee Grant and someone else? It was just like, we all knew what was going to happen. Yeah, what do you make to Fred? He's got better. I think the more he's the more he's played, he's definitely got better. But there's there's a question mark for me over his touch. Uh, so I think teams know that if they put pressure on him, he'll give the ball away. Yeah, and you see some teams they they put two on him mm. because they know one of them will panic it and nick it. But it's not. It's not his. So one of the it's a misconception you hear about Fred is his pass. He gives the ball away a lot. His passing's rubbish. 
actually, I was sad enough to Google his past completion rate. <laughs> 88%, 88% pass completion. De Bruyne, 80%. Now, I'm not saying Fred is better than De Bruyne, but oh, Siri's got involved with the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm obviously not saying he's better than De Bruyne, but it's not his passing that's the problem, it's his touch. So when yeah. he doesn't control it well enough, people jump on him and he loses the ball. Yeah, who do you think, so current United team, who do you think, who do you think needs to go? And then... I don't think we've got enough time for that one, mate. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to rebuild the United team. No, he's... Um... So, football football manager, you've got unlimited budget. I'll tell you who goes. Luke Shaw. Phil Jones. Is he still there? Believe it or not. Rojo. In fact, it'd be too long to name all the reserves. Let me give you the people out of the first team. Martial, gone. Gone. Scott McTominay, he's off to Barnsley. Fred, <laughs> he's gone. Matic, he's gone. Luke Shaw, I'm on the fence with Wan-Bissaka. He's, he's phenomenal at the back, but he can't go forward for nothing. The other um, game, right, oh, right at the start, giving the ball like he was and just this half-hearted pass I was thinking no yeah and Lindelof he's gone so the the, the majority of them right <laughs> so let's we rename them <laughs> Salford United <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I, I always always laugh at this there's this um, there's a video doing the Twitter rounds a few years back I think it was in the Mourinho days and it was this kid he must have been eight or nine he's on the football pit, football pitch at in Manchester somewhere, and the, it's, got, it's BBC News or something. And he's like, "Oh, who do you support?" And he's like, "Oh, United." And they're like, "Oh, what, who? What do you think of him? Who's your favourite player?" And he goes, "None of them. They're all rubbish." <laughs> good lad. Good it's lad. like, yeah, it's so right. It's so right. Yeah, good lad. So uh, the Leicester game, I think it was the other week, two weeks ago or something. Um, Madison scored, and then he did the. You know, the celebration that wasn't a celebration. In the interview after, he was saying about, you know, if, if, that's, if that's what we've got to do to keep football going, then we're just having a bit of fun with it. But then that's what we've got to do in these difficult times. But, but I was sat there watching it going, difficult times. What's up, mate? Like you, like, I, I get it from a footballing perspective. Obviously, you know, we, we want football to carry on, yeah. keep playing, and, and everything like that. But don't say you're having diff like under these difficult times. Like you know what a difficult time is. You know, you train three times, four times a week. You get all your food prepped, everything. Man, they've got everything. And then you think it made me think back to the days. Remember, Giggsy um, did something with the nurses. The uh, didn't he get all the players to donate or something? I don't know. He probably. I was going to say he probably laid them all. Well, yeah, that's why he did it. But, uh, <laughs> but he got he got them all to basically donate. It was a percentage of their wage or something. Yeah. And he gave it to like a local hospital and helped them out. And you think, okay, yeah. Despite the fact that, you know he does what he does, but you think I've not heard of any 
any footballer yet to help, apart from Rashford. Mm. You know, did this thing with the, the mills and the school mills. But uh, and I'm I mostly can't stand footballers, so I'm not one to stick up for them. But I think a lot of them do do a lot of stuff that just because there's not a camera or they don't oh, shout yeah. about it. Because actually, yeah. that is the way you should do charity. You shouldn't be filming yourself for YouTube, giving things to homeless people exactly. or, you know, exactly. oh, I gave some money to charity today. That's not what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why. Did you ever watch the uh, Tottenham documentary thing? Yeah. So on there, you see like the football, they, they, it's part of their, their job. They go out, don't they, every week? Yeah. And they do stuff. Um, and yeah, you're right. You don't hear about it, um, and you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't hear about it. It's the unsung heroes. But 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 also they they do they will struggle in their own way. You know, maybe they're not having the same struggles as everybody else financially, or providing food and having to work and doing all that. But there'll be other things that they have to deal with. That yeah, I guess yeah, especially the foreigners like that I'm Jesse Lingard's biggest critic. I can't stand him as a footballer. I think he's terrible much better than me but as a Premier League footballer he's for United at the top know, mate. You, you, weren't, you weren't bad Marco you weren't bad I wasn't bad on FIFA but he's had struggle with his, his mum was ill he's had to look after his brother yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of stuff that's gone on that maybe that is affecting his performance but all you'll get on Twitter or Instagram is that Jesse Lingard's shit. He's terrible. Yeah. He's the worst footballer in the world. Actually, for a while, he was playing quite well and then things yeah. are going on in the background. I mean, but you just don't know. Maybe that's affecting him. It's that thing, is it? He's only young, though, so... Yeah, yeah. Grow up. <laughs> it's, it comes back to that. It's mental health, isn't it? Everybody goes through it. It doesn't matter how, how rich and powerful and famous you are. Yeah. There's something that will... That will that will put you down. It will it will ruin your life. Yeah. Like really hurt. And it was Tyson, just... Tyson Fury, perfect example. Had a, on the outside, he has ev he had everything. World champion, millions of pounds of fight to do the job that he loves. Yeah. Married, kids, no financial problems. One of the most famous boxers in the world wants to drive his Ferrari into a bridge. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, it's that struggle. Isn't it? I think. It's like a, I guess it's like a bit of a misconception, isn't it? Sometimes you think if you go out, if you go out, like especially in Manchester, if you go out to one of the good bars in there and you see somebody in the flashy as, you know what I mean? They're throwing it around and yeah. bottles galore. You're buying like a pint and they're buying a bottle of champagne and water. And they're, like you say, on the outside, they look at you think, oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. You think, oh, I'll have a bottle of Prosecco. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But they get home, you don't know what's going on. Credit you... card, up to the max. Paid, we, used, we used to call them payday millionaires. So, you know, they get paid from the job, splash all the money, and then for the rest of the month, they've got not a penny. Done it, mate. We've done it. <laughs> I, yeah. Everyone's done it. It's, it's, thing, it's like that first payday, you, you go out, you're, you're eating steak. You're having pints, you're doing all this. The next day, you're eating pot noodle. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, why did I spend that much money on that? And I can't even remember it. <laughs> I can't even remember that night. Um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's tough at the moment. Everything's tough. Like I said, I was feeling a bit, a bit, a bit shitty about this weekend being my first weekend here. 
And then I'm thinking, well, actually, it's like, so what? Like, mm. I can still go out like during the day. It's not like you're not allowed out. I can go to the big mall. I can have a wander around. I can, you know, I can do, I can still do stuff. And then I'll come back. You know, I'm in the safety of here. I'm, the hotels actually let me um, let me use their gym, which is perfect. They've only got 20 guests. They're only allowed a maximum of 20 guests per this hotel. Um, and they had to get permission from their like their GM for me to be able to use the gym because they're all closed. Right. But it's only a treadmill, cross trainer, and a mm-hmm. uh, bike but it's still better than nothing yeah how many times you put your headphones in and gone out for a run just to clear your head do you know what i mean yeah um, so i've got all that so this weekend like yesterday i was probably like i said down thinking what am i gonna do i've got all weekend gotta be gotta be in my bed by six grounded but then thinking i don't sleep in anyway so i'll be up early i'll go and have a workout then i'll go over to the shopping mall Try my uh, my Duolingo on some people, <laughs> and see if I can <laughs> have some company. Ah, bonsoir, <laughs> mon chéri. This one. She'd be like, "Nah, mate, I'm all right." Yeah. <laughs> listen, Till, we're going to wrap this up because we've been yeah, on for a, yeah. a long time. But listen, good catching up with you, and we'll and I'll see you again soon. You will do, indeed, matey. Speak to you soon. Cheers, pal. Bye.